Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing artists. And as I say on every show, we've got a great one for you today, because you know what? We always do, and every artist that comes on deserves that, because every artist is great in their own way. And today, we've got a legend, and we're really excited to bring him to you, B.J. Thomas. He's done so much. I think you're going to really enjoy him, and I'm sure he's going to tell us some stories that will make us laugh, maybe some that make us cry. But anyway, B.J., are you here? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing, Chris and Sandy? <coughs> We're doing I'm good. I'm doing great. <clears throat> How are you doing right now, you know, with all this coronavirus going on and, you know, everybody's like having to stay cooped up? How, how has that been going for you? Well, you know, it's, 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 a, it's kind of a full – it covers the, the full spectrum of emotions and feelings here. I'm, 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 this is the 95th or 96th day that uh, – Gloria and I have been quarantined. We've actually only been out of the house just to the drugstore and having food delivered, and we're really being very careful. But, uh, you know, I'm always on the road. All my life I've been on the road, and this is like such a uh, – has turned into a really great – I'm so thankful that, you know, we're together because, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is one of the yeah. – day day in this 35, 95 days has probably been one of the longest times we've been together just – in consecutive oh, wow. days, you know, so mm-hmm. we've had a good time. I mean, it's been the, it's, it's you know, we're just a reaction to what we have to do. So we got to go, yeah. we got to yeah. go with it, you know. You know, what's mm-hmm. crazy about all this is we're reading stories where people are getting divorced left and right now. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, you know, people have always, see, Sandy and I, we've been married 17 years. And, yeah. um, We've been a 24-7 couple the whole time. Everything we've done, yeah. we've worked yes. together. We've done everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we're, we're, when you see me, you see her and vice versa. So yeah, we, great. And a lot of people have put us down for that. And we're like, you know what? The world has, instead of the world changing us, the world has had to come to us. Because now the world yeah. is having to stay together like we do. <laughs> Well, I yeah. think it's kind of cool. I mean, it's just like a John and Yoko thing, you know. I mean, uh, you can see yeah. you can see how that was such a beautiful way to way to go, just being together uh, uh, all the time. Beautiful. Mhm. We love and it. And then you got something in common. Twelve twelve years ago, God healed me from nineteen years of addiction. Oh yeah, well, good for you, man. Good for you. Because <clears throat> I was reading in your thing about the addictions and all that. And I was like, Oh wow. We, we got, you know, we've got that in common, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I've, and had, that we I've beat. had some serious, uh, I've had some serious problems with the, uh, you know, alcoholism and, uh, and drug addiction. I mean, it's, uh, it cost me a lot, uh, mm. over that time period. Uh, and you know, it's just one of those things. It was kind of part of my generation. I guess it's a part of every generation now, but, yeah, our generation was kind of the first ones with the Sergeant Pepper and the LSD and all the stuff, and uh, it just was kind of something everybody felt like they were supposed to do, and and mm-hmm. uh, it, it was a trip. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> but I'm glad. <laughs> and, and I'm glad I guess you're, you're, you're sober, there, man. Good, good for you. Oh, thanks. And, and you know, and it's probably too that you know, being in music, that's probably even more available too. Well, you know, we're in a. I'm in a. I'm in the end of it where you know I can do my show uh, if I'm so so drunk I can't see. You know, I mean people accept mm-hmm. that. You know, it's like the Hank Williams <laughs> thing or whatever. 
Uh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can be stumbling around and just, uh, you know, talking out of your head, and people think, oh, hey, great, you know. So it's just one of those things where eventually uh, you're going to have to, you know, look in and look inside, and you're going to have to self-discipline yourself because, you know, so many of the people in my end are not around anymore because they never could get a handle on it, you know. Yeah. And that's the yeah. sad part when you look back, you know, like, you know, it's amazing that Johnny Cash lasted as long as he did, but, you know, June straightened that all up for him. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that was a huge part of it. I mean, I, I think Gloria was a huge part of my uh, my trip to sobriety. And, uh, yeah, I worked with Johnny mm-hmm. quite a few times. And, uh, you know, at the height of his... Uh, his addiction and everything, he would only he would only do like maybe a, a verse or a half a verse of a song, and then he would oh, stop wow. and go to the next the next song. So it was really painfully <laughs> obvious that he was oh wow. he was having a problem. And you know, it's um, he was one of the all time good uh, you know great stories of somebody who came from a really a very very serious addiction to uh, to very good health and great stardom. You know, so a wonderful example. Yeah, and, and you're talking about, you know, your spouses and all that were the foundation. That was my foundation, too, because through the addictions of the first five years of our marriage, we went um, – she had to go through that because, of course, my addictions went way beyond before her. But first five years of our marriage was hell for her, but she never nagged me. She never put me down. She loved me through the addictions. And, peop- and a lot of times when we tell the story, sometimes people will say, well, she allowed you walk- to walk over her. And I have to explain, no, she allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Because if it weren't for that, yeah. I'd be dead. There's no way I around think that. That's the way to, I think that's the way to look at it. But I know that when the, I still have, uh, you know, regrets uh, uh, that come up, you know, very often uh, mm-hmm. in in relation to the people that uh, – were hurt by my addictions, the, the time I lost, the, the things I didn't mm-hmm. achieve, and uh, so it's a, it has a lasting uh, cost that uh, that you, you still you'll have to deal with even after you get you get straight. You know you there are regrets tied to it, but the main main thing is yeah. you, you get healthy, and you know that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You can't redo it. Uh, yeah. That's the way it went, and you you got to move on and uh, and. Uh, Take every day as it comes, you know. Amen to that. Now, as we really dig in here, um, tell everybody who may not know who you are, who you are, and where you're from, originally from, and all that. And, you know, maybe a one or two minute brief overview of your life. I mean, again, you've done a lot. Yeah. So I know that's going to be hard. Yeah. But, you know, just a brief <laughs> overview. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, hey, I'm just a, I'm just a musician. I'm, I'm a singer. You know, I, <laughs> I grew up. I grew up in uh, in Houston, Texas, and uh, you know I got in a band oh, yeah. when I was 15. And I'm I'm one of those. Uh, uh, our stories are very similar. People uh, in in the performing end of the and writing mm-hmm. and performing uh, end of the of the business. You know I've I've been in a band. Uh, you know I was one of the lucky ones. I got a I had a successful record and that came out in, in uh, way back in '65, and I was about 20 something. 2021 20, or so and uh uh you know i just always sang from the time i was a, an infant to just all my life i've always uh been in been in that music and uh, uh, thinking about and and singing the music and idolizing mm-hmm. certain people and uh 
Uh, you know, I got lucky when I was about 14, 15. I met Bobby Bland, and uh, uh, he was a great uh, singer, one of the legendary singers, and uh, and uh, he he was very good to me. And so I really was attracted then to to the music. For, really, actually, first of all, through the church, and then I got in a I got in a band called the Triumphs, and uh, we had uh, our first hit in '65, '66. Oh wow. Uh, and you know, it wasn't wasn't long before I had my biggest record in the, in 1970, a thing called Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, and uh, and uh, yeah. that's been a lasting uh, one of those kinds of songs that have lasted and stood the test of time, along with the uh, Hooked on a Feeling and certain things I've had. Mm-hmm. So I've been really fortunate. And I uh, I think I came up in the greatest generation of music. Uh, in history, I mean, I think the music mm-hmm. of the fifties, sixties, seventies was the greatest music of all time, and uh, mm-hmm. I happened to I happened to find my success during that time. And I certainly wasn't the number one guy, but I was kind of in there in the middle somewhere. And uh, it's been a wonderful experience, <laughs> and it's beautiful. I've had a beautiful life. And, and you know, that's the misconception of music, I think, because <clears throat> you know, you see people, you hear people talk a lot about up-and-coming artists, and they're always like, well, artists just need to get a real job. Get out of that. They need to get to reality. And you always hear that. I always try to stop people and say, no, don't tell an artist to get a real job. they got something better. they got a passion to live for. Because I think the misconception is you, you have your poor artists, and then you have your Blake Shelton's. They don't realize there's actually many who? levels in between. Blake Shelton and you have you, who? You know, Carrie who Underwood. Who your poor artists, you know, artists that basically are going are nowhere. Oh, I just, I didn't and then you got your name. Yeah. yeah. And then Blake well, Shelton, you know, Carrie Underwood. You know, and, but there's a lot of levels in between. Oh well. And I yeah, think people yeah. I mean, I people think don't uh, understand think, that. Yeah, I think it probably goes with every profession. Is that uh, mm-hmm. whether you're a lawyer or, or whatever, uh, you you, you mm-hmm. probably do have a burning desire, and that's one of the main things that. Uh, is so good about uh, music is uh, there's mm-hmm. only one way to do it really, and that and that is if you <laughs> have the burning desire to to live it and breathe it and and do it, and uh, so that's been a bless. Sometimes it's a blessing and a curse, but uh, you know if you've got that passion, yeah. then you're never going to be happy. There's nothing else you can do. You've got you've got to do it, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the way I've always been. And, you know, I love what you just said because we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls back in 2014 when her and her daughter was a duo and they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked her back then was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And I remember her exact words, almost what you just said. Her exact words says, said, this, said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music – Go do that and keep music as a hobby. She says, because once it becomes your career and you're trying to make it a career, you have to change everything about your life. It has to, it, you have to eat, sleep, breathe it. You can't, you know, there is no more sleeping um, in. You, you have to sleep different. You have to eat different. See, so you can have a bad day today, but if you have a gig tonight, you have to get up there and smile like you had the best day ever. She goes, the family sacrifice. There's so many sacrifices that people don't know about that's within the family. So she went on about all that, that side of it. And then she said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, 
go all in because that's the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. I've never forgotten that. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I'm not. You know, I'm not <clears throat> sure that that uh, there's one definition to to it, but uh, that that surely is one that uh, you know I can <laughs> like I can said, relate to. to but I, I I've I've never been the kind of guy I just couldn't. Uh, uh, you know, I know it's a, it's when you're into recording and you're traveling, it's a 24 seven kind of thing, but I've always uh, mm-hmm. had those times where I would step back. I might step back for a year. I might, you know, we mm-hmm. had, uh, we adopted a child, uh, you know, years ago and then Zoya got pregnant. We had our, our, third, our third daughter and we took a step back. And so I think, uh, that's kind of a healthy to way to do it. Of course, you're yeah. always thinking about it. And one thing about music, <laughs> especially if you're a performer, and it should should be across the board, but mainly as a performer, you know, you have to concentrate a lot of your time on being healthy. And uh, yeah. so those of us who have dealt with addictions and things, we had a tough ro- road to go. But then when you get through that, you can be – you can be healthy because you never know when you're going to be called on to sing or write or, or perform, and you got to be ready. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know, yeah, because you just never know, and it could be the biggest opportunity of your lifetime. Yeah, you know, and it's one of those things you can't do it by yourself. You know, it's a good. You know, <laughs> you're, you're lucky you've had uh, you've had Sandy, and I had. I've had Gloria, and and of course they were they have they have had a great life unto themselves. They weren't just help helpmates to me, but we were yeah. together as companions and uh, lovers and uh, husband and wife. And that's been one of the the you know I'm 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 a, I'm a singer, but really who I am is a human being. I'm a I'm a husband. Mm-hmm. I'm a father, and that that's mm-hmm. that's who I really am. And I and I sing when I, I get a that. chance. And, and, you know, I love that definition. And and that's why, you know, with our show, although we talk music, I like to talk about the person behind the music more than the music itself. Because, again, you know, that's the most important part is who are you? And I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, everybody's got their complete story. I mean, we – each individual has a beautiful – has a beautiful story, and they and they're not especially uh, 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 us. You know, we 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 are, are we're doing a lot of what we can in the spotlight. But you know, that's you, mm-hmm. you can't live your life in the spotlight. There's another. <clears throat> there are more more in general things like who who do you love? Mm-hmm. How do you treat people? And how you how are your kids? And just whatever you know. So. Yeah. So let's um, talk about. Grow the show Growing Pains. How did you get the theme song on that? Was, was that a game changer for you? No, well, it, well, it wasn't a game changer, but uh, I was glad to be, um, you know, connected <laughs> with that song. And it's it's mm-hmm. as far as its worldwide um, exposure, it's, uh, it's probably right up there with Raindrops. Uh, as far as how many, the way the song was played across the planet. But I, I, you know, I was just yeah. home hanging out with Gloria, and uh, the phone rang, and I got, and uh, it was a guy I never, I didn't know, a guy named, uh, uh, Steve, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Dorf, and uh, he mm-hmm. said, hey, he and uh, he's, he said he was a composer, and he and John Bettis, the songwriter, were writing a song for a pilot. A TV pilot, and the the song was just coming out so much like a B.J. Thomas song 
that uh, they wanted to know if I'd do it because they said, if you will do it, then we'll finish it out this way. But if you won't do it, we've got to change it because it just sounds so much like you. And I said, well, you know what? I'd love to do it. So we, uh, they finished it out. And um, of course we recorded it out in California and uh, it kind of was, there were high hopes with it, but nobody really, thought for sure that it was going to be <laughs> successful because it was yeah. just to a pilot uh, a pilot but the uh, the night the pilot ran in New York City it was the number one most viewed show that night and it just oh, wow. uh, that TV show exploded of course it had the great <laughs> characters and uh, and yeah. they had really a great theme song that I did with uh, Jennifer Warren's at some point and then I actually did uh, did it with Dusty Springfield at one point so Great, great composer Stephen Dorff and great writer John Bettis. They're both in the Hall of Fame, and it was a really a great experience. Now, what we've read that you know you've gotten like awards in pop or or in rock, country, and Christian. How did all that come about? That you know, because usually one genre you can get big in in awards, but you cross the genre boundaries. What three times? You know, tell us about that. A little bit, <laughs> how you were? <laughs> well, you know, I'm really, I'm, really I'm, I'm proud of that, but it wasn't really a conscious thing. You know, I kind of I, uh-huh. when I got into a band when I was 15, it was kind of uh, right at the inception of Top 40 Radio, and uh, Top 40 Radio played all the hits, all the successful songs on one station, and so we were just used mm-hmm. to. Uh, doing you know any song we liked we were we weren't really even thinking about genres you know we did we did <laughs> gospel um country rock and roll uh rhythm and blues uh we just did anything that we liked uh, because the genre didn't make any difference to us so but i, yeah. so I'm, I, I really I've, that's really been a, a great thing to be involved in i had the first platinum records in gospel and the and I've uh, I've been really fortunate in all those genres. So that's I, we were just having fun. It wasn't wasn't really a conscious <laughs> thing. You were just doing you were just doing your thing, what you love to do. Yeah, we were just you know we were just doing the what songs we liked and writing the kind of songs that that, that we liked. We really weren't thinking about the genres. You know, by top forty those top forty days were great days because they played every every popular song uh on the same station and uh mm-hmm. uh you know you basically you know everything was on there from symphony music to willie nelson and elvis presley and al green whatever you know so it mm-hmm. was uh, it was a beautiful time i used to, i loved that radio so in all the years you've been doing music um what's the pluses and minuses of the changes in music. And of course, as you know, over the last four decades and stuff, music has changed some for the good, some for the bad. Tell us about points where you think that it's changed for the good. And some points where you, you feel like well, it's probably not went for so good. Tell us some well, of the guys that you I, saw. I don't really think, yeah, I don't really think there are any minuses to it. I think it's a process mm-hmm. uh, and it's mm-hmm. always going to be changing. And, uh, you know, now you can, you know, a guy like uh, you know, hey Bieber, what, you know, Justin Bieber, he's doing his <laughs> thing. He's he was just doing his thing in the bedroom, and that, you know, that's because and of bam. technology. And so that's uh, yeah, that's a great thing. The technology has uh, allowed everyone to be involved in the in this great uh, 
you know, profession and this great expression of um, art and emotion. And, um, you know, I think it's always, things are always going to change. You know, I can't, I mean, you can't, you're never going to beat little Richard, uh, uh, <laughs> good golly, Miss Molly. You're never going to, you know, the, and those Chuck Berry records, and those, those early mm-hmm. Elvis records, they're always going to be as great as they ever were. But technology has kind mm-hmm. of allowed everybody into the game, you know. Yeah, and, and technology is one of them double-edged swords where, you know, years ago, of course, labels would take an artist and they would develop them. Um, because of technology, a lot of labels have decided we are no longer in the artist development. You've got to come to us with a foundation through social media or we won't even look at you. Yeah, well, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't, you know, that's uh, the business end always clouded up the artistic end. I know when I was with mm-hmm. the Scepter Records in, in my early time uh, and my first mm-hmm. 10 years through there, it was all, uh, it was up to me to to find a good song and to record a good song. The, the, nobody was yeah. asking me to uh, wear this, these, these kind of clothes or act this way or any, any of that. <laughs> well, I know awesome. that development is in there a lot with, you know, with movies and certain people after they reach a certain level, but uh, it's mm-hmm. always been about a good song. Now we're kind of in a situation and a time where uh, maybe even a good song gets, gets missed. Uh, because of mm-hmm. the business end, so the you know, I'm, I'm, you know I, I think the business end is very important. It's not going to happen without it. Yeah. But but sometimes uh, it can be detrimental to good music. And 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 they don't always have it right. Like we we interviewed um, yesterday, um, Mike Kraske on our who's been in the um, industry for I think twenty something years, thirty something years. And he's worked for Sony and all that, and he does his own artist development company now. Uh-huh. And we were talking about – and because and, we do a state of the music business podcast also outside of this where we bring on executives to tell their side mm-hmm. of some things. And he, and, and he was telling us some mistakes that he made. And it was really – because he, he was letting artists know on our show, look, if an executive tells you you can't make it, he says, don't – it says, if you really believe you've got it, do it anyway. He, and he, so he told us some stories. Like he, he said that um, he said there was two artists that he passed up on years ago, um, Jason Aldean and um, and who was the who was the other one? Sandy? Kenny Chesney. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Chesney. Yeah, Kenny Chesney. He, he he actually said those two won't make it. He was what he told us. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you know, that doesn't, was, that doesn't really work for me to side because if, a, if an executive <laughs> tells you you're going to make it, that doesn't mean you're going to make it. And yeah. if he tells you you're not going to make it, that has, no, that has no validity yeah. either. So, you know, I know we I know we have these schools of I'm, we're going to teach you how to be a star and all that. Mm-hmm. And I think those things are not not very relevant even though there are always people that come out of that situation and, and are successful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, some, you know, if, if someone knew that the exact way to be successful, then, the, then uh, <laughs> we would always be successful. But, I mean, even yeah. Elvis Presley had records that didn't make it, you know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, that I don't know if that's really that that valid or not. Yeah. But, you know, people are just trying, yeah, there to, is no a- trying to make money. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is no you do A, B, C and you get D results. It, it don't like um, no. who would have thought like like years ago, um, Carly Rae Jensen was just doing her thing like Justin Bieber, and she posted a video up there 
And from what I understand, Justin Bieber saw it, shared it, said, y'all got to check this girl out, and she became famous because of that one tweet. Yeah. But, you know, you just never know. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. So you've been doing this all your life pretty much. At this point, what drives you? Well, you know, I, I always, I still have that burning desire. I mean, uh, as soon as I get out, we get out of this pandemic and, you know, I get the vaccine, I'm going to muscle shows and I'm going to, uh, you know, have plans to do a session there with Dan Penn and Billy Lawson. And, you know, we're always do, doing things and have that burning desire to to uh, create and to, to do our music, you know, so uh, that's what keeps keeps me going. But, you know, I, I have been a very lucky guy. I've lived a long time. Uh, I've been, mm-hmm. I've been you know, around a long time. I've had a great marriage. We've been married 52 years, and I, I have this great family. And uh, and so, you know, I have I have a burning desire for that, too. I mean, I'm, that, <laughs> that is such a part of my life. So I, ha- I have that. But, I, but, you know, I'll always want to do the music and always looking for a way to do do some music or have have a, a good idea to go try to do. So, you know, I'm going to conti- just continue doing that, you know. Yep. So in your career, because you've done a lot, um, tell us a few stories of some crazy moments that happen where you're, you're almost like shaking your head. I can't believe that just happened, like from stage or something. Oh, gee, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I've performed on the Academy Awards show, and I've, I've done a lot of great things. But I'm just coming up with a funny story. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> but I've worked with a lot of great so, people. When I first had my first record, mm-hmm. uh, I was considered an R&B singer, and I worked with the, my first mm-hmm. gig out of out of Houston was with James Brown. I toured with James Brown, and I worked. Uh, Oh, wow. Many times with Percy Sledge and, uh, you know, Albert King, Freddie King, and uh, all those guys, uh, Jackie Wilson. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had a, a great experience within the R&B uh, music uh, thing, and that's always one of my greatest memories. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can come up with just a funny story. I don't know. <laughs> so um, when you look back on your career right now, though, um, what are some moments where your your proudest moments? You know, maybe – some awards you've got that you're really proud of because you know you've done so much it's hard to pinpoint any one thing so I thought I'd let you just think about some moments where you're like wow you know I you know this was really great well as I mentioned I mentioned the Academy Award show I loved uh, doing that the Oscar mm-hmm. show and uh, with raindrops and uh, you know I've worked with a lot of beautiful people uh, one of my first tours with, with the, was with uh, Gene Pitney after I worked with James Brown and, and those people. Oh, wow. I've been lucky to win a you know win a few uh, awards. Um, mm-hmm. I don't you know I'm not I'm not sure that I'm not sure that the awards really make much of a difference. But uh, <laughs> I have appreciated and really loved you know, being recognized at uh, at, yeah. at this time of that time. So, and I've been just extremely fortunate. I've worked with some of the great songwriters and composers of, of my time. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, I recorded in Memphis. Uh, Memphis, one of the greatest recording areas ever, and New York. And uh, so I've been very fortunate. And as you know, that when fans see an artist, they they see the artist. They don't really see the people behind them, the team. I always like to let, allow the artist to give a few minutes to kind of talk about the team behind them because you can't do what you need to do without the team from the PR people, the producers to, to other people that you've worked with. So take, you know, take a couple minutes to tell well, us. You can't few, do it. You, know, you can't do it by your, by yourself. <laughs> I mean, there's always, yeah. there's always the writers and the, you know, producers and the, you know, your band members, you know, I've always had a road band and uh, they've mm-hmm. always been the, the, my backbone when I'm traveling. And uh, to have a great band, and you know, it, it takes a bunch of people. It takes your, you know, your wife, your friends, uh, mm-hmm. uh, people that uh, people that uh, you can love, and people that love you. And it just all those elements go together. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're not, you know, happy, maybe maybe you, you can't achieve or make the kind of music you want to make. So it, it's kind of dependent on on your life uh, kind of being in a groove and, you know, and, and all the people around you that love you and that you love, they all contribute their part to to what you're doing. Yeah. That's really awesome. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll talk a bit more. How's that sound? Oh, it sounds great, man. Great. All right. Hang on there. <laughs> hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Okay, we're back. Um, so one thing I like to do is, um, on our show is we like to bring our little boy up. He's eight years old, and he always likes to ask one question with the artist. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. You know, in fact, that's one thing that makes us unique is we bring our, and, you know, we've got a, he's about to come on, Sandy's going to get him. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, great. Good idea. That's a good idea. Fun. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. And we've got a 15-month-old. When she gets old enough, we'll plug her in, too. (laughs) All right. Here he is. Here's Christopher. Hi, BJ. What's your favorite food? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Oh, oh, what'd what'd you ask me? What's my favorite food? Um, yes. Yeah, food. Uh, well, I, you know, I really like pasta. I mean, I love to eat a little pasta <laughs> with some chicken in it. Uh, you know, I'm from Texas, so I, you know, I like tacos and 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 things like that. That's probably my what I like the best. I try. I have to now. That I'm a little older now, so I have to try to eat healthy. <laughs> and uh, you know, not stay, not get too much sugar, and then uh, you know that that whole thing. What's your favorite food? 
pizza. You know, I just actually I had a slice of pizza today. So yeah, I almost said that. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. It was unhealthy, but yeah, great. Good question, man. Bye. Bye. He comes and goes. <clears throat> but yeah, every, most shows he's been on like that, and he because I've been taught, you know, through my life that if you want to inspire passion and purpose into your kids, they have a front row seat to watch you live out yours. So we're trying to allow him to see us living this passion out, so that maybe it'll influence him as we grow. Yeah, yeah, good, great. <clears throat> yeah, because family's everything. It is. That's to be part of it. Yeah, it's a very important part of your life. That's true. Maybe the most important. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah, because I can't imagine life without them. I mean, they make everything so much fun. And my wife, Mm -hmm. you know, again, we've been married 17. We're not not married as long as you have, but we've been married 17 years. And, boy, it's been an adventure. It has. Yeah, yeah, great. It's great. So I'm sure, you know, I'm, I know you've done a lot of co-writes and stuff, but still going to ask this question anyway because I ask every artist this. Um, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been involved with a lot of great people. Uh, gee, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, you have to kind of just uh, – in my experience, um, mm-hmm. uh, it keep your writing personal. Um, if you keep it, you know, you, you don't write to any formula, formulas, so just keep it personal. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you just kind of pick the subject out of, uh, you know, whatever's going on in your life at the, at the time, you know. And that's one cool thing about songwriters, you know, that we, we've almost everybody we've um, interviewed has been songwriters too. And, you got to be vulnerable as a songwriter because, again, most songwriters write from their life. Yeah, that's what. What else can you do? You know, <laughs> you got to come from <laughs> you, know, you got to come from your own uh, from your own experience. You know, or you, yeah. you know, a lot of guys can you know backrack and David can take a suggestion and they could you know write a, a movie score on it. So it's uh, it's kind of it's, it's not just one way, I guess. You know. Yeah, that's just like um, yeah. Anna Anna Christina Cash, um, who's married to John Carter Cash. She um, she wrote a song called "Broken Roses," and that brought me to tears because it's an addiction story and all. And when you watch the video, it's about a husband and wife that are kind of fighting with each other because of his addiction. And at the very end of the video, really brought me down because there I was, and I remember remember the video where it showed him basically um, committing suicide. Because it was about a, she wrote it for a suicide prevention thing. And I remember, and it brought me back to December 26, 2007, when I was ready to take my life because of my addictions, because I knew that Sandy deserved better than that. And I was just ready to end it all. And that's what, that's the power of songwriting is it can bring you back to those times that are tough. Well, I think that's what music has is, is always been to me, and I think what music really is is emotion. And uh, you know, if you can if you connect a, a song or piece of music emotionally, uh, that's the whole secret to it. So that's that's the whole driving 
attraction and uh, something mm-hmm. that moves you personally is is always going to be the uh, uh, most important thing to you. Yep. So um, you've written a lot of songs through the years. Um, do you have like a favorite one, one that kind of means the most, and why? Well, uh, you know, I, I I do. My experience with my music is uh, I'm I'm mm-hmm. like every, really basically everyone else. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I have a, emotional connections to music and and memories connected to them. So you know, mo- most every song um, that I I do and I still do and perform, uh, I have a, per, a personal. And, and an emotional connection to it. So, you know, sometimes this song is my favorite, and then sometimes that song is, you know. So that <laughs> kind of changes. That kind of changes. But the the <laughs> memories and the, and the emotion of the of the song are, are, are what keep you kind of, um, keeps your interest and keeps your heart in it, you know. Mm-hmm. So let's say you had a friend of Let's say you had a friend of yours. And they could sing. You heard them sing. They uh, they got something special about them. And they've only – this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. And let's say they've played maybe 20 shows, so they're really just getting their feet wet, but they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says. They got that stage bug, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they tell you, you know what, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Well, I think the most important thing um, in in music for for someone who's going to perform or, or even a writer mm-hmm. or anything else is to be a member of a band. You know, if you can get in a band and you learn the mm-hmm. dyma- dynamics of uh, what a band is about and what live performance is, I don't think anyone is a natural um, you know, it's a natural great performer. It takes experience mm-hmm. with a band and uh, being around people and and uh, learning what you know what what people respond to and things like that. So I think it's a process, you know. And I'm uh, somebody who loves to be on stage still has to learn how to uh, how, how the proper way to be on stage. And it probably is, yeah. you know, some people do a real honest. Uh, kind of non-glam, kind of straight-ahead, mm-hmm. honest performance, like a Willie Nelson, uh, and and then some people are more uh, more flamboyant with how they perform. So you have to find that out by being in a band and and performing and 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 finding out what uh, what groove you want to get in. You know. As we start to come close, as we start to close the show, who are who has been some of your musical influences? And are there any of them that would surprise people? Oh, gee, I don't know. But I, my one of my biggest influences was uh, Jackie Wilson, and uh, oh. uh, of course, I got in line with with Bobby Bland, and he kind of was a mentor to me and treated me great and allowed me to uh, attend his shows. And uh, you know, when I was mm-hmm. about thirteen, I, I, I was about thirteen. I met uh, Bobby. Oh, wow. And and uh, I used to come in the back door to whatever wherever place he was playing, and he would let me uh, dig on that. And of course, over the years, I mean, you know, Elvis has been a huge influence. Uh, I worked with uh, a lot of great R&B artists who, uh, you know, I think probably people are would are surprised when they 
here that my first gig was I was I was booked yeah. out with James Brown and a lot of the great R and B artists. Uh, <coughs> um, and uh, you know, they've had so Oh, uh, he was, you know, he was just uh, like James Brown, you know. He, uh, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of personal things going on, but he was right there and he, uh, he liked us, me and my band, and he could see that we didn't know what we were doing. We had a, we had a hit song, but we had no idea, uh, you know, what was going on. And he kind of took us under his wing and, uh, and uh, he really treated me great. It was, you know, I understand, you know, I know that James has a certain, uh, Reputation or what have you, but he was really a wonderful guy to us, and uh, as, as were all of them. You know, Percy Sledge, Jackie mm-hmm. Wilson was a wonderful guy, and of course Gene Pitney was a big, uh, big influence on me. Um, one of my earliest uh, influences at motivations was uh, Ricky Nelson, and uh, you know I'm kind of, uh, you know, motivated by the guys that laid the laid the groundwork. You know, I loved R- Little yeah. Richard, Chuck Berry. Uh, Beatles were huge, and I'm I'm just a typical typical fan who kind of takes <laughs> in, you know, whatever uh, whatever was there. So, as you were growing up in the music business, um, what's a piece of advice that was given to you that was that you you can look back on and say, you know what, that was a really good advice. No, well, I don't think I ever really had a piece of it. I don't I don't think I've I had that, you know, I had to, you know, I was a, mm-hmm. in a band. I was in a band eight <laughs> years before I had my first All trial and error. Uh, uh, you know, I just, I learned how to be in a band, uh, you know, I, and I had to and I learn and keep, and I still learn when I go out. It always seems like I learned something when I, uh, after a road trip or on a road trip, I, I learned something about what's going on. So I just had to learn as I went. I don't think I ever really had a a piece of advice that uh, that I rely on or, or remember. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So so basically, the best advice that you can that, that people can have is just get out there and do it, and you'll learn as you go. <laughs> Well, whatever, whatever trail, you know, whatever path you you take, and where you know you're going to end up somewhere. So there's going to be a certain path you take. Now you might be a band member, and you might write songs in a in a lonely room. You you, know, you might write with the, some other guy. You might not be a performer. Uh, yeah. But there there are yeah. different roads to that whatever you want to do. You're going to find that that path because you're that's your desire, and if you just if you're uh, if you're committed to it, you're going to find a way to get there. It, it may take this many years. It may take one year. It may mm-hmm. take twenty. But uh, you know there are ways to get there, and and uh, and you and you'll find the result you want. But uh, it, it's going to involve all, all your heart and passion and your soul. And you know we're kind of on the same path as a lot of artists because we're trying to create this show here, the Chris and Sandy show, to be like a Bobby Bones show and a Ty Bentley show, uh, a top show that, you know, and all that. So, you know, we appreciate artists like you coming on because it helps us grow as a show. It helps us, Mm -hmm. helps us get some insights on music, insights on people's lives. We've really enjoyed this. So if you want to take a little bit of time. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I tell you, I, I really, I, I thank you, I thank you for that. But you, you, you guys are very important because we, uh, artists such as myself, 
mm-hmm. and new artists or old artists, whatever, whatever have you. We have to have a place to go and expose ourselves. We have to have people who are interested in in uh, digging digging into what 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 we feel and what we've been through to help tell our story. And uh, so you serve a, an important purpose, and you're doing a great job. And I, I really have enjoyed this. I, think I have. <coughs> Well, I appreciate it because that was one thing that when we started the Chris and Sandy show um, almost six months ago um, mm-hmm. that I told Sandy, you know, how can we be different um, for the up-and-coming artists? And a lot, and again, um, us being married doing a show, that probably right there makes us really unique because there's very few hosts that are married <laughs> that are doing a show together. So that, But I wanted something really different, and I told Sandy, I got it. I've listened to a lot of shows, and because they're only – 15 minutes and so 20 minute interviews it's like that's where we'll be different we're going to give people 45 to 60 minutes of airtime so they can tell their stories because for independent artists there's just no platforms that that gives them enough time to get their stories out and it's like that's how we'll be different yeah okay well good (laughs) so if you want to um kind of tell everybody how they can reach you through social media website and all that here's your chance well i'm the dbj thomas on facebook and uh instagram is dbj thomas and uh uh that's about it you know we'll have and you know we as soon as we uh, get and get in the studio and get after we get through this thing and we get in and get the music we'll let everybody know where to where to go and where to get it you know that is really awesome and you know we really enjoyed having you on the show. We, we we're we're grateful that you took your time that you didn't have to yeah. do today to come on our show to kind of tell some stories and talk about music and talk about your life. So we want to thank you for doing that. We well, do. thank you, thank man. You so I have really thank you, Sandy and Chris, and I really have appreciated talking with you guys and uh, you, you know appreciated you being wanting to talk to me and supporting me and uh, uh that's that's invaluable to me and I appreciate it and I love to love your show and good luck man. Well thank you and we look forward to down the road you. having you back and seeing some updates. <laughs> let's let's do it man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, bye bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye Sandy.